Welcome to the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series, exploring how data can help cities become more resilient, smart, and responsive to challenges. This series is brought to you jointly by Center for Applied Geomatics (CRDF) and by CoData, the Committee on Data of the International Science Council. Via this podcast series. we bring to you reflections on the interdisciplinary approaches and the innovative use of data taken by various cities offering examples of good practices and lessons learned hi this is shelly gandhi from cept research and development foundation today we bring to you an episode on contribution of technology in making cities resilient in this episode we have vishnu chandra Deputy Director General and Head of the Group NIC Division of Geospatial Technology and Services, Mahua, India, in a conversation with Tonji Viris, Senior Director, Business Development for Digital Cities at Bentley Systems, joining us from the United States. I welcome you both on this episode. Thank you. And this topic, contribution of technology in making city resilient, is very very relevant in today's. fast changing world if we talk by definition of urban resilience it is defined in my view as a capacity of urban system communities organizations and business to recover and maintain their functions and thrive in aftermath of a shock or a stress like if some disaster happens how much is resilience to recover from this disaster so it could be a cyclone it could be a flood it could be a man made crisis so city must have as a system urban system must be resilient enough to to face after shocks and recover fast to path of growth and development so in my view and uh, that is what where because city in a geographic sense has lot of relevance of spatial data in fact i would like to mr ton to look forward in terms of special data for planning of cities what we should do about it yeah thank you mr vishnu and it's, it's it's indeed a a good point you're making there uh, and with with respect to the data uh, we we believe that you know th- there is already a lot of data available in 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 cities and in governments uh, Uh, the, the question often is how, how to uh, access it and how to use that properly. Uh, the data often exists in silos in different departments, and the cooperation and collaboration uh, between these uh, departments uh, always, uh, you know, get some issues in in combining and federating that data together. Um, and I think that's where uh, uh, a key. a point for the data is and for geospatial technologies and digital twin technologies in in general in bringing and federating that data together uh, in helping uh, cities uh, making more resilient so so maybe mr sufishu uh, do you have, a, have an opinion or, or a view on how technologies can help there in making cities more resilient yes uh, the point which you have made about the data in fact lot of data is available in various systems it has to be federated or also integrated some of the datas are also in various silos as well 
So systems has to evolve uh, maybe through APIs, through the various what you call systems of systems approach. And we at India, we are coming to the age where geospatial technologies are getting embedded into the workflows of e-governance systems. So there, while making applications for resilient cities, by geospatial technology is being used for better visualization of base map or extent of the geographical area to bring holistic approach for collaboration and interaction from various partners, stakeholders, and data providers. Proximities analysis using geospatial technology to have, say, access to, say, open public spaces, for example, TD visualization and integration with various survey technology to integrate various real-time data through IoT sensors and at top of it, creating an analytical preform using what you call GeoAI or ML big data and spot. So we are now graduating from isolated silos, vertical system to single window system or integrated systems with a geography as a integrating platform by default. But all this need a proper framework for collection of the data, storing it, managing of the data. And how a country like USA is creating building framework of data for integration to make best use of geospatial technologies. And I would like to know from Mr. Torn about this. Yeah, thank you, um, Mr. Vishnu. Yeah. And, and that's a good point uh, because I think for decades, uh, we, we've tried to uh, combine all that data in, in, in big databases and get everything together. Uh, and that has proven to be, to be difficult, right? As, as we said, these, the data is in silos in different systems um, uh, across the organization and sometimes across the organizations, right? So rather than trying to combine all the data in one system, it is better to create a single view over these uh, systems and replicate that data uh, into a federated environment where processes can take care of updating that data uh, and creating that digital twin environment uh, that indeed, as you said before, includes not only the geospatial content, uh, but also uh, CAT and BIM uh, data, engineering uh, data. It can contain data and information from uh, legacy information systems and enterprise information systems, uh, as well as IoT and, and real-time data collected by, uh, by sensors. And combining that with, uh, and putting that in a context of the reality uh, by using reality modeling and other technologies, you really create a living replica of the current external physical environment. And, and with that, you can support all these resilience mitigation and analysis uh, uh, situations, as you said, with, with flooding, cyclones, uh, but also coming back to, to work after a pandemic where we have to keep a, a six foot or a one and a half meter distance uh, uh, from each other. What does that mean for transportation uh, systems? What does that mean for going to a movie theater and so forth and so forth, right? Um, 
So I think that's what you see happening. That's what you see where cities are thinking of on on how to move forward using that uh, technology. In fact, the point, Mr. Tan, which you have made is is a really relevant point. And uh, in fact, India has a very long legacy, more than you can say today, uh, more than 35, 40 years in developing IT systems. And uh, NIC as an organization has played a major role to build ICT systems, even from prior to the time when internet was not there. We have set up a, a complete network, satellite-based computer communication network in, in late 80s using VSET technology, connecting all districts of the country. And that network was, the systems was Linux variant of Unix environment was there in every district. And we used to do data communication from every district, create centralized database to generate reports for planning purpose. That is what time I'm talking about, a phase between 1988 to 1995. And at that time, telecommunication network was very poor in this country. Uh, that's why we have gone for satellite-based VSET network. And after arrival of internet, in fact, our messaging system that time, or what internal email system at NIC was a messaging system which was used in government-to-government domain that time. And from that time, we are creating building databases with various ministries, government departments at central, state, as well as district governance level. So we have that kind of experience. So legacy database availability, say in the domain of say health, education, transport, various engineering kind of applications. So this is there from last more than 30 years. But as the systems improved, data improved, we started working in GIS using aerial photography in early 90s. And as the data got liberalized by various organizations, we keep on developing the systems and moved sometime early 2000 on web GIS based systems, bringing topographic maps of entire country on a common platform, satellite imagery from resolution of say 56 meter to 5.8 meter at that time on a common platform, integrating census data with each village locations. So that platform now has been graduated with complete API-based map services, OGC-compliant services, known as Bharat Maps. So we are extending those services and further enriching data in urban space now uh, with large-scale mapping using drone and various other platforms. So this is what is the, the history which I am talking about. So over the period of time, we have created a framework ICT infrastructure, which includes five national data centers across the country. Every state has a data center connected through network. And we also having a data platform known as data.gov.in, which is an open data platform, which is implemented according to national data sharing and access policy for sharing of the data.
in addition to this in india we have projects for certain cities where complete utility mapping in say very high accurate including sewage drainage electricity power integrating data from land records property management all those applications slum how managing the slums and slum data slum rehabilitation all those data which is relevant to cities we are trying to bring on common platform and trying to deliver the services including real time data services like vehicle tracking for say solid waste management all those movement tracking road clearing through iot gps enabled devices so these kind of applications we are putting it together but as you said now these systems will further graduate to integration with say this technology like bim or digital twinning technology so that part we are very clear we are at a stage we can move it to that because we have already created federated databases and systems with complete secured ict network and data center infrastructure in the country so this is what i am saying how in us and other countries which is happening i would like to hear from you mr tom <laughs> thank you and and it seems that uh, you've been working very hard and diligent on creating all these uh, great data sets and as you said it took you what is it like 30 years or so to collect all that and and, and all that experience uh, but one thing that, that that we've learned over the past year is that in the past it took governments quite a while to adopt new digital strategies and digital technologies and that's just the nature of how governments operate however over the past let's say year uh, governments and and that includes cities had to make a big shift and had to react and act uh, to you know what the pandemic brought to us they had to go digital and that digital transformation that happened uh, within governments actually you know was a change that normally would have taken maybe 5 years or so right the speed of change in governments uh in the past year has been enormous uh, and it shows that if governments want to and need to they can make those changes uh, so so that's one thing and i think with with that and having all that data available we're on the brink of let's say starting to use that data and that experience of change and being able to uh, react to these situations and and going to use that experience to start working on predicting for other resilience topics like as you said before like flooding where we we basically have a lot of data flooding prediction and flooding mitigation as well of course the emergency response to flooding uh, events uh, Uh, we have all the data or a lot of that data available you do have the uh, uh, the digital terrain models you do have the uh, the weather forecasting you do have the tidal uh, information you do have the river flow information you probably have sensors in your in your rivers in your main rivers where iot devices bring in that that real time data of the the water column level combining all that Uh, can not only monitor what's going on but you can also start to use engineering technology now and analysis methodologies to predict what is going to happen with an expected rainfall over the next two or three uh, uh, days or week 
And I'm always saying you cannot stop the rain, right? I mean, that's, that's impossible. But you can predict, and it needs to go somewhere, right? The water needs to go somewhere. But if you know where it can go and you can have analyzed alternatives in where you might direct the water to go, then you can basically uh, protect property, people, infrastructure, natural heritage, and the environment. And uh, that is just an example of, I think, uh, how predicting scenarios can help in mitigating and creating mitigation strategies and therefore making your environment, your city or your country uh, more resilient. Um, but as I said, that's a lot of data that needs to be available. And uh, we see a lot of open data initiatives, um, uh, let's say, popping up. Uh, across the world, and of course, not in the latest, uh, uh, supported by standardization bodies like OGC and so forth, uh, and the Digital Twin Consortium. So, Mr. Vizio, how do you look at that from an from an Indian perspective, and specifically with respect to open data initiatives uh, yeah. that that we highly support uh, from our side, at least? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Tom, uh, you have said very rightly earlier that this pandemic has brought a lot of things and which we things which you used to do take time word and that country like india has done a lot of things during this pandemic time and uh, before talking about open data i just want to say that in india in government work from home culture was not there and during this pandemic we have a platform called e office to manage file movement and approval systems in government. And we have enabled through web VPN that e-office system as a platform to work from home for every bureaucrat from secretary level, highest level to lowest most level so that he can move government project files sitting from home. And that is a big thing Today, even in last mile in a, in a district, a person is able to move government file for his project for approval and for the desired funds. So this is what a major achievement in this pandemic. Other thing in context of GIS, our map services for mapping of the containment zone, for COVID strategies, contact tracing, reverse geocoding, all these APIs have been consumed in districts much larger way than in normal times. So that is a big thing, which has, we can proudly say, an IC infrastructure, ICT infrastructure is was resilient enough to face this crisis, so, which we have not thought earlier. Now, this is one thing which I want to say that, other is regarding open data strategies in India. We have, a policy framework in place. Policy is derived by National Data Sharing and Accessibility Policy, which is governed by Department of Science and Technology. Now, that National Data Sharing and Accessibility Policy as open data platform is implemented by NIC. And that policy says every ministry and department will have a chief data controller and every Ministry and department will have its own data policy to decide a positive and negative risk for data. 
positive list will be put on open data platform as a maybe as a service maybe as a data download and negative list which are data in a sensitive nature will be in a closed domain similarly some of the mapping organization mainly survey of india today has a national map policy with open series map and defense series map but lot must has to be done because geospatial data is still not in open domain so today whatever the open data services which i am giving is largely of attribute data services and geospatial data services i am giving through api through a registered users with a, a security token so i cannot make it special data service open for any app developer so this is what the situation today so now many policy reforms are coming government is planning to have a integrated geospatial data policy of the country because that is another problem there are multiple policies governed by multiple ministries and department so there is a separate policy for drone there is a separate policy for aerial photography there is a separate remote sensing data policy so that hinders the data sharing and ultimately open data so these reforms are coming but today we have more than 6 lakh instances of open data 6 million instances of open data on data.gov.in with relevant apis relevant services and people are uh, we regularly do the open data hackathon in the country and also there are some sort of awards also for open data initiative by any stakeholders so this is what the situation in the country is today so in in context of geospatial open data is one aspect and i would like uh, mr ton to speak about data standards because when we talk about the integration so we needed standards of the data standards of services and that will ultimately is one of the major aspect of making city resilient yeah no that's an excellent point uh, um, mr vishnu and uh, uh, i believe that uh, the open geospatial consortium um, has done great work in uh, in defining and helping the world making aware uh, of the need of uh, standardization for geospatial uh, data uh, at the same time we see a new organization just coming up and bentley is one of the founding members here uh, together with microsoft and others is the digital twin consortium that is setting up these standards and best practices for digital twin uh, uh, technologies and data streams uh, um and i think uh, uh, your observation of that standardization is recognized among the industry and it's good to see that different industry partners including the major uh, vendors here uh, are working together in in getting these these standards defined and not only defined but also with with the help of the academia and the governments to really adopt it across the world basically So so with that uh I think a couple of takeaways that I would have for for cities and governments is is d- don't be shy right uh, of course you have to start with the end in mind but 
try to start with small steps, with maybe a pilot project, try to prove your success quickly and then scale up, right? Um, and don't be afraid of failure, right? If you try out something new, you might fail, but you will learn from it. And then you can pivot, you can adjust, you can move on, but take small steps, but do it with the end in mind. And I think organizations who've, who've done that, who've shown that uh, strategy are successful in adopting new technologies, are successful in, you know, being ahead of, uh, of the game and basically, you know, create an environment for their citizens and their residents that is innovative and creates, you know, a, a better circumstances uh, for, their, uh, for their constituents. And, and that's in the end where we all do it for, right? I mean, uh, we don't do it for the technology. We don't do it for uh, the sake of, uh, of government. We do it for the people who live on this planet and provide them uh, a better quality of life. Thank you, John. And thank you, Vishnu. Uh, it was really very enhancing and enriching conversation where we could really look into the use of technology and the importance of having integrated systems to make a complete resilient cities platform using the existing ITC infrastructure and the major requirements which are seen in the near future. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode from the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series. If you like our podcast and want to know more about the series, check out our website www.crdf.org and follow us on social media. Please leave a review and like and share wherever you listen to the podcast. Look out for the next episode and join us next time. Mm-hmm.